Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Um, And we are going to begin our Monday conversation with um, Coach Deggs shortly. And he is, gonna, I would think, very happy. A great weekend sweep, so we'll get into that. And then after that, we will be um, having a lot to discuss. You know, those of you who have listened to me over the years know that you know, I'm pretty opinionated on certain subjects, and I don't often or always agree with the not with the popular viewpoint. And so we'll be experiencing some of that today. But before we do that, we have with us UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, Kev. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, I got to give you some credit. I, you know, I don't know that every coach be- really believes everything that they say every time they someone sticks a mic in their face. Uh, and yet, when things were looking pretty down and the team was struggling and had a couple rough series there, you know, you made the comment, you can't give up before the season really starts, kind of referring to the time when you're out of school and, and it's the stretch drive and you're go- approaching postseason play and getting into postseason play. Because you never know when there's an 8-10 game winning streak right around the corner. And, man, I unbel- very impressive what y'all did this weekend. Well, I appreciate it, Kev. It's, uh, you know, I've just always been that way and, you know, Hebrews eleven six says that it's impossible to please God without faith, and uh, I've always been that way. And uh, Ken Myers touched on that yesterday in our chapel, and and uh, it's it's so true. And if you got faith and you're willing to do something about it and take action, anything's possible. And uh, that's the way I believe. That's the way our team believes. And it's just a matter of getting healthy and uh, getting in the right mindset because the ability's there. And, uh, you know, I know we're a little short on the bump, but the ability is definitely there with several of the guys on the bump and then uh, definitely with the offense. And, uh, you know, there's there's different ways to go about it. And I knew we'd get hot offensively, and Jackson Nezu has developed, and Pluno's really liking that role, and just other guys have stepped up. All right. So, you know, last week, each week we interview Craig Melanson and – and we talk about it, and Craig's pretty analytical, got a very analytical approach to baseball. And, you know, some people may say more analytical, but he said something, and you've you've hinted at this in previous interviews as well. Yeah, the Cajuns have some questions at pitching, no question. It's been there all year, especially with injuries and such. And and uh and, and getting away, and he goes, but just so does everybody else in the Sunbelt Conference. And so when he said that last week, I went and looked at I'm like, you know what? He's right. Like we get so worried about and focused on, you know, the team that we follow every day. And yet, 
that going into last weekend in Sunbelt games, Southern Miss was the only team in the whole conference with a team ERA under five. And you're actually, the last two weekends, pitched as good as just about every team in the conference other than maybe Southern Miss. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's uh, we're if you go look at, at the, just Sunbelt Conference numbers, we're in the top in most pitching categories. We're in the top two or three. And uh, what's bitten us is, is the inability to execute pitches when it really matters and free stuff and walks, hit batters. Uh, thank God we can really defend. Uh, we lead the conference in defense by a long shot. Uh, and then we've been able to – you know, be very creative and find ways to score runs, and especially scoring runs with two outs. And that was the name of the game yesterday. Uh, you know, I think what we lack is a true uh, finisher at the back that just has wipeout stuff. Or we've got it. You know, Coop can he's he's a chameleon. He can pitch in any role. David Christie, kind of the same way. Uh, but the separator is is you know, you look at Coastal and they've got a wipeout guy in the back. I mean, you better hope you have the lead. Uh, after the seventh and you know that right there is 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 why it's, it hurts that toidy's out and uh, a couple of other guys but you know as far as numbers go we're as good as anybody uh, in the league but that can be a little deceiving at times too I think you saw that yesterday when Dixon comes in he's been a guy out of their bullpen for a long time and it finally happened in reverse uh, he hits you, and then you know things kind of fell apart on him, and that that led to that big six run inning with two outs. The you know I think y'all deserve a lot of credit for coming up with a way of making what you have work. And the beauty of Cooper Rawls in today's era, where people are walking people left and right, it seems like in college baseball, it's gotten to be almost an epidemic at times. But the beauty of Cooper Rawls is you might hit him. But typically, he's not going to give you the game. You're going to have to beat him. And when you have a lead, it's that there's something to be said for that. That's the key, is you're going to have to string hits together off Coop. And you might. But I'd say that you're not going to. And, you know, he's not going to walk you. He's not going to dilly-dally. It's going to be right at you with three pitches. And if you can hit it, he's going to tip his cap to you. And, and you're right about the epidemic. I mean, just start looking at numbers across the country. And those numbers are so deceiving. It's five ERAs. It's six ERAs. And then you get in the box, and it's really good stuff. And it's just not translating to the numbers that we're used to seeing uh, on the pitching side of things, and that's nationwide. All right, so I'm fixing to get philosophical, and you're real good at uh, philosophy in baseball. So we were just talking off the air, trying to figure that out. Is it like in the major leagues right now, you know, it's not like it was when you and I were younger following the major leagues. Like, it's unbelievable how many guys throw 95 and – you know, goose gossage and guys throwing in the upper mid to upper nineties used to be rarity. Everyone does it now. So has that is is that kind of kind of uh, filtered down into the college baseball where you got all these people trying to throw hard and yet they don't really know how to pitch. We're losing the art of pitching, and trust me, it's an art. You know, the number one the number one tool used to be pitchability. And that's just the ability to locate multiple pitches, uh, have an out pitch, and pitch the contact, uh, punch a guy out when you need to, and be able to pitch in, out, up, down, move feet, change eyes with your fastball. 
and that we're losing that real quick, like because you know we're trying to see how how much the ball rotates or spins, and he's got this much break on this, and the fastball is this up in the and, and lost is the art of back and forth and how to na- or uh, how to navigate a lineup, how to pitch around a guy, uh, you know, how to expand the strike zone, how to take advantage of what's there. And, uh, you know, we're losing that, man, and that is a fine art that I have a great appreciation for. You know, we've got we, – guys don't know how to start a game at 84, 85, 86, and you look up in the fourth, he's 87, 88. You look up in the sixth, now he's 90. Uh, it's everything you got right from the get-go. You, we might we might start a new term here on this show. We might call it com, com, mixing sports to football, combine pitching. Like you got a bunch of guys who look good in a combine, but it doesn't really yeah. translate into a real game. Well, we call them show ponies, you know, a showcase type mentality. Uh, let it fly, you know, throw it as hard as you can, and uh, but that never translates uh, into actually getting people out or performing at a high level. Uh, Baseball is baseball. You can do whatever you want to it. You can put whatever fancy term or definition, but baseball is baseball. It's still about uh, being able to locate a fastball, have an out pitch, be able to have a change up to keep them off of the fastball or fastball easy, uh, field your position, hold runners, and compete, compete, compete. You know, gone are different looks, too. Uh, you know, I like guys that have some funk to them that can create a different look and make a hitter uncomfortable. It's, it's, uh, the game's gotten a little bit vanilla and the imagination, uh, is, is gone, uh, for the most part. And, uh, it'll come back around though. Everything always does. All right. So the thing I do like, even when things were looking a little dismal three weeks ago because of the pitching injuries and all is your lineup was really, as you could, kind of see it going on during the conference year, really lengthening and, and molding into what it is now. And, uh, man, it seems like you got to be pretty close to what you needed or hoped for this lineup going into postseason play. Yeah, I mean, if you ask the people that know, Kev, I mean, there's a lot of people that think we've got one of the more dynamic lineups in the country, and it's certainly as good a lineup as I've had in several years. Uh, they're just so versatile. Uh, if, if you look at the order, it's kind of like a, a steak. It's kind of like a ribeye right now. We've got a little bit of fat, and I don't mean that in a negative way, at the at the top and bottom, but in the middle of that thing is a nice, juicy filet, and it's hard to get through, man. And uh, with the emergence of shock, if shock hits or just scrapes on his ability, it's big league talent. And when he goes, man, we are really, really dangerous and the job Vayon and, and Willis have done eight nine, and then it's just allowed those guys in the middle to do their thing. The other thing that I do like this time of the year, and it's hard to develop, uh, the, you know, depending on the depth of your lineup, is having one or two guys off the bench that can get a big pinch hit in a big moment. Where where, are you, where, where would you be in that getting into the conference tournament in a few weeks? Yeah, you know I. There, there's some guys that what's rare about what we're doing right now is generally I involve minimum 11, 12 guys, minimum. And I've just ridden this lineup. And so uh, right now I'm going to continue to ride them. And there may be a couple, uh, you know, that, that have an opportunity. Uh, you, you know, you look at Ben Robichaux or Stelly or Lejeune, 
and, and there's, you know, there's obviously more than that, but, uh, right now I like the way this lineup is going and they're older. Uh, they've been in the system for a while and I'm just going to let them play. One thing that I kind of, we kind of saw yes, Jake looked real uncomfortable the whole inning he pitched. Is he going to be even available this week, or is that still up in the air? I, I you know, it's day to day. Jake's like a Spartan warrior. He's going to go all the way down to the finish, and uh, his back is is just got a, a, a messed up back, and and uh, you know, I think that was evidence. He he fell on the mound. It sometimes his legs, you know. Are, are not very stable. It's a it's a tough situation for him. It's it's actually heartbreaking, and uh, he's going to give you everything he's got, though. So if he tells me he wants the ball, I'm going to give him the ball. This weekend, you're playing a team that most of us thought going in had a chance to win the conference, and they kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, but they're on fire. Uh, these are two programs that don't like each other a whole lot. So how do you kind of see this series this weekend? It'll be a battle from the first pitch to the last. I bet you money on that. You know, it was a battle two years ago over there. It was an unbelievable series here last year uh, that could have literally gone either way, and I'm not going to get into the umpiring. But people that were there know, and uh, that a Tremendous ball club a year ago. They're very, very good this year and, and hot at the exact right time. And uh, Coach Barry does an incredible job, and, and as does their whole staff. And uh, they support like we do over there. I'm sure we're going to have a bunch of red in the stands, and, and uh, we'll get over there and see what's what. All righty, sir. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, and congratulations again. All right. Thank you, Kev. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. on this Monday. And I know there are a lot of angry Cajun fans out there today because of the results of the NCAA selection for softball and the NCAA regionals. And again, we, 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 we've, got, we've got two issues in my mind here. Look, folks, I, 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 I got to tell you, I don't agree with most of y'all. I, I think a lot of the anger is wrong. I don't think all of it's wrong. Is the ins- I've said for years, there's two different issues here. There's... The NCA process is is flawed. There is look, I've been leading that charge for decades. The whole the whole model 
for NCAA sports for the most part. Now, I'm not talking about every sport. I don't know enough about track and field and the whole overall model. And, what, you know, I'm not talking about every single sport. I don't, you know, I'm talking about the sports like baseball and softball and basketball. Football is a little bit of its own animal, but I, I don't typically love the way they do it either. But the sports that we talk a lot about on this show in general, the model has been messed up for years, and it's never going to change until they do what, in my opinion, it's never going to change or get better unless they start to understand what I've complained about, and I think it's the most fundamental flaw that there is in this whole process. I've complained about this for years, but I don't I don't ever expect it to change. The biggest problem with the NCAA process in college Division I college athletics is they don't understand that conference games are different. That is the single biggest problem. Okay, and this is what I mean by that. And I've argued this for years. The let, let, what is the biggest problem with the Cajuns right now in not getting a not getting them to be given the seed that corresponds with the RPI? What is the biggest problem? Well, they don't have enough top twenty five wins, right? That's what that's what everybody says. Top twenty five wins. Here's the, an example of why I have a I've always had a serious problem with this. You should only get so much credit for winning a home conference game. I don't care what conference you're in. You're supposed to win home conference games. I mean, now you're not supposed to win everyone, but a certain percentage of your home conference games, you're going to win because they're home conference games. I mean... I just don't understand what people don't get about that. For example, let's say, let's just say Mississippi State was a top 25 team. I know they're not doing as good this year, but just as an and there are examples of this all over the country every weekend. Let's say Mississippi State was a home, just as an example, because it just happened, was a top 25 team, which they could just as easily be most SEC teams you play on. LSU was at home. LSU got beat two out of three. How happy are LSU baseball fans right now? Not very. Not very happy. But what did they get? They got manna from heaven. A top 25 win. I mean, you. That, why don't everybody realize how ridiculous that is? Programs like the Cajuns strive to get those top 25 wins so they can impress the committee. And as Coach Dev just said, the dog and pony show. You should not get as – I'm not saying don't give him any credit. I'm not saying it shouldn't help your RPI. But this idea that I could play three conference series at home and get beat two out of three in a series sport like baseball or something. Now, basketball is a little different. But I could play two out of three at home and lose two out of three at home 
in a conference series, and I get a magical top 25 win out of it. No, you didn't. You lost two out of three. Like, why should you be rewarded just because you're winning one conference game at home? You're going to win conference games at home. I mean, until we understand that conference play is different, we're never going to fix this, okay? We're never going to fix it. So it doesn't do any good to get all mad at this situation because we're never going to fix it. You know what I feel like? Look, you should get – we've got to figure out a way. And the when I really started realizing this, it was back in the 90s, I don't whatever year that was, when they combined all the and, – and the Big East became like this powerhouse basketball district, I mean conference, and like you finished 10th, but you had all these top 25 wins because you won a couple conference games at home, which you're supposed to do. Like, you're going to win. A, even if you're not good, you're going to win some conference games at home. And so you get all these top 25 wins, and it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's silliness, okay? It's silliness. Now, if you're that same team and you schedule someone on the road from an – I've always said, like, if you're a top 25 team from a power conference – and you beat, like, say LSU would have scheduled, I don't know, name a good team, North Carolina or Wake Forest or some other good team from the ACC or the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or whatever, and especially if they go on the road and beat that team, that should count way more than winning a home conference game against a team they know all about. I mean, it's not the same. It's never going to change until we figure that out in college athletics. Okay, so I kind of feel like – I did the morning, not exactly, but the the Monday after the Saints got a raw deal in the NFC Championship game in 2018, after the 2018 season. Folks, I've been complaining about the 40-yard flag and the fact that there's no fail-safe in, in pro sports and, 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 the, and the NFL, and they got to fix it. And it just so happened that the Saints were the team that got the raw deal out of it. It's too late at that point to, to complain. It's too late. You gotta you gotta complain about it every time the Saints won a game when they could have got the raw deal. And everybody said, "What are you so mad about?" Because because that could happen. You gotta fix it ahead of time. Doesn't do any good to complain about it now. Now, so there's that issue. And look, I agree. The NCA model is is awful. It's been awful forever. Okay, it's awful, and I don't know if it's ever gonna get fixed. And I don't really believe it is ever going to get fixed because the Power Five, the Power Five cop out is the Power Fives are getting more powerful, not less powerful in the way that we're going. So it's never going to change. It's never. I get, I get all that. Power Fives are getting more, co- especially in the sport of football. They're fixing to rule their own outfit. No, I, I fully understand and agree with all that. And uh, and everybody, I think a lot of the thing right now is going, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised. But I went around the press box at the baseball stadium yesterday and said, what do you think the Cajuns are going to be? And everybody in the press box said, I think they'll be a host. I think you said 15 seed as a host. Other people said 16 seed as a host. Everybody told me they thought they were going to be a host. So then I think it's weird for then everyone to come back and go, I'm not surprised the NCAA always does it. But yet we still built up this idea that we thought they were going to give them a host site. Okay, but I thought, here, here's where I'm different. Here's point number two. I don't know what everyone's mad about. I am completely floored. No, and I'll, I'll certainly. 
Why in the world would that? You realize? I wonder what percentage of Cajun fans would be happy today if they got treated like they treated Central Florida, which is like awful in my opinion. Like there, there are Cajun fans who are complaining today who would be happier if the NCAA committee gave them a 15 or 16 seed and sentenced them with Oklahoma or, or UCLA. I mean, that's craziness. That is craziness. That Okay, but my my rebuttal to that would be, look, if, if again, the best path to get to the College World Series, then today on Monday, May the 15th, the Cajuns are in a pretty good spot. They have a decent path. LSU's not unbeatable. They've already beaten them before. And their you know, matchup on the other side, if they were to get out of it, would be Washington, who's obviously beatable as well. I get all that. But I think that's also looking at it in the context of this year and Oklahoma and UCLA being two really dominant teams at the top and how that is. I have the bigger problem with the overall lack of respect that is going to continue and has been going on for 10 years when the Cajuns went 50-5 and in the regular season in 2019 and they said the strength of schedule's not there. And then this year they did the strength of schedule and they said the top 10 wins aren't there. They make it up as they go and we know all that. That's not, again, this isn't right. the first year they've made it up. I just have a problem with the overall concept that they're continuing to move the goalposts around and not reward teams. And I brought this. I already had my rant, so I don't have to do my yeah, rant. Yeah, I mean, good. again, that's never going to stop because yeah. they don't understand conference play. But 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 he, 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 here's where I think, uh, here's where I fundamentally disagree with most of the angry Cajun fans right now. There are two ways. The, in my opinion, the two biggest ways they can show respect to the Cajuns program, the committee could have showed respect to the Cajuns program. One is give them a seed that that more directly correlates to their RPI, which would have given them like an 11, 12, or 13 seed. And look, not every Power Five, not every Power Five team got that appreciation. Stanford had a Stanford had an RPI of three. What did they get? A nine seed? Or a nine seed. They this is a from a power conference, again, the original softball conference. Like you want to talk about blue blood in softball is not the SEC. Blue blood in softball is the Pac-12. Well, it was the probably, probably Pac-8 or 10 when it when it started. So they they are got a they had a number three RPI Stunford did in a, in 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 the, in the blue bloodest of all blue blood softball and they got a nine so not everyone did and I, and Alabama was the reverse Alabama that's just ridiculous but anyway the number one way they could have showed respect to the Cajun program is to give them a a seed that corresponds with their RPI. The number two way is what they did. Folks, they're not respecting. They did not respect Central Florida last year when they gave them a 16. That's showing a lack of respect. They're saying, you think you're good? You know, we're sentencing you to Oklahoma. That is not respect. Respect is we're going to put you in a regional that you earn the right by your season to compete for the national championship. We're giving you that opportunity. My, Doesn't again, mean you're going to win. Well, my rebuttal to that is we talk about this a lot. I think you're giving them way too much credit. I don't think they thought that far into it at all. I think they simply said, oh, LSU, it's UL. It'll be a great crowd. We'll send them there. I don't think they thought that far into I it. Think, I think they're probably too... I'm not going to use the word stupid because all of them are probably more intelligent than I am. They're too clueless 
to understand what they did. I'm just telling you the impact. I'm just telling you yeah, what I'll the result is. But yeah, is. my point would be, and I think just kind of the way you portrayed the first time, I don't I don't think it was a respect from the committee. I think it, it worked think, out in but the Cajuns' I, but favor. But I, I think it does, I, I think there's got to be some of that in there. I, I just don't, I can't believe they're all that stupid. I mean, I, 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 I just don't really believe that. So I don't think, if you think they gave Central Florida respect by giving them a 16 host then I think you're fooling yourself. I think you're lying to yourself. They didn't give them respect. They sentenced them. The other thing I didn't like, and again, we we can we got more time to go through um the brackets if we want to. But the the other thing I don't like when the NSA does this, and you cannot tell me this stuff's accident, okay? McNeese going to the Washington is a bunch of junk. That is awful. They know that McNeese beat Washington. McNeese is not catching Washington by, by, that is not fair that McNeese went to Washington. That's the kind of junk that shows a lack of respect for what McNeese did. And that's what I'm talking about. That is junk. That is petty. Take care of the um, power. That is awful sending McNeese to Washington. Now, I don't, look, I don't know why they send McNeese and all that. You know, I, I, you know, I, I just think that is awful when you send McNeese to a team that they already beat on the road, and that you're not going to get that opportunity to t- get anybody off guard. All right, there's several other issues and all of this controversy that I think people are mistaken on, and we'll get to that next. This is footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is footnotes live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Once again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this Monday. And again, we've got a lot of people with a big difference of opinion, and that's fine. I mean, that's part of what makes sports talk fun. Uh, I, I don't have any problem with people disagreeing me on it, but again, this is... This is beyond a first-guessing prospect. One of the things that I just realized that Dawson is wrong about is the next subject we're going to get to here. Look, folks, for all of you who are Cajun fans and are really mad because the Cajuns didn't host, look, I got no problem with you being mad that my RPI is is still 11, by the way, was 11 yet. My RPI is 11 and my seed is not 11. And I don't like this process, and they tell me to go on the road and and, and be aggressive, and and I did it, and I don't get reward. I have no problem with that. In fact, I'd be very angry about that. I've been angry about that forever. And, like, I I just went on the rant in the last segment about how messed up the model for college athletics is. It's awful. But here's where I think many of you are just wrong. If you really think the committee gave more respect and love or whatever word you want to treat it more favorably to Clemson 
than they did the Cajuns, I think you're out of your mind. I don't know that you could be more wrong. And here's what I'm talking about. Clemson got the 16 seed. I, I perceive by the comments that I've heard since last night that a many Cajun fans would have been happy had the Saints been had the Saints had the Cajuns been awarded a 16 seed in a host site in the, for a regional as a 16 seed. This is what Clemson got. They got they got they get the host. In their region is Auburn, a 40-win team from the SEC. Cal State Fullerton has one of the played one of the toughest schedules in the whole country, if not the toughest schedule in the whole country. So they're better than what their record indicates. And they're in the super regional with Oklahoma that also includes Cal, who knows a little bit about winning softball games as well in their history. So not only do, in your regional do you have a 40-win team in Auburn from the SEC, but you have a three-seed that, that, that has played one of the toughest schedules in the country. And if you happen to survive that, then you get to play Oklahoma, one of the best teams in the history of the sport. Boy, that, that's a respect. I'm glad. Boy, I really wish the Cajuns had that regional, You're- that path. You're, you're, I think we have a fundamental disagree about what the role of the committee is. Uh, the role of the committee is not to look at the paths and re- reward teams with paths oh, one way or another. I think it's all about fairness. Because to what you're saying, though, about Fullerton, you could easily look at Omaha in LSU and UL's regional and go, Omaha has one of the best pitchers in the country. She's fifth in the nation in strikeouts. What is Omaha's non-conference strength of schedule? They won their conference tournament. That's why. What, they're in. what was their non-conference strength of schedule uh, compared to Fullerton? Hand. Let's not compare Fullerton to Omaha. Look, no, you're using one aspect. Okay, it's just about strength of schedule. Well, they lost a lot of those games. I'm just my whole point again. The committee should not seed teams based on the context of what happened in that season. Clemson this year, there is one overwhelmingly dominant team in Oklahoma. So you're saying that it's then best. So what? Who should they have given the 16th seed? I don't understand. They have to, it should I be I got no problem with what they did. Right, I'm saying, but they should if you it. want to exchange if you want to switch places with Clemson, you've lost your mind is my you're opinion. Acting, again though, you're using and I know and you're usually one who uses the historical perspective. You're using the context of this one individual season to override Not the one general individual theme. Season. This is of, always the case. In softball it's been a trend, but usually there's more than one dominant team at the top. I th- I'm just saying you're using the context of this season Whereas you should always take the best, the most deserving sixteen teams. Okay, you would want to switch spots. No, no, okay, you would want to switch spots with fifteen Arkansas, Utah. You play Baylor, who's really good. Ask Tennessee if Baylor's any good. I'm saying. Then you got Ole Miss, who's not. I don't think great, but still they 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 just made a nice little run in the SEC tournament. And then if you win that, you get to go to UCLA, the greatest program in the history of the sport. The role you would of switch the committee spots with that? should not be to pick the best paths. It should be to reward the 16 most deserving programs with regional host sites at the end of the season. That's it. But again, that, that think about your. But you you're, wouldn't you're, even you're use You're talking the, about like pie in the sky, stream of consciousness, reading a book stuff. I'm talking about on the field softball. Okay, but you're again. You're just basing it on this year. When I'm saying no, I'm this not. is an overall bigger issue, you should. It is a regional host site. 
It is a it is you're supposed to reward the 16 most deserving programs at the end of the year are supposed to earn regional host sites, and that's how our tournament has been set up. Somebody's got to play Oklahoma, but it's Somebody's never gotta, been that. It's never been that. That's well, just that's, that's not reality. Well, that's what they say it is. No, that, that that's that's never been that. What look do is the system flawed? My whole second segment detail why I believe the system is flawed and what's flawed about it and how to fix it and the fact that it's never going to be fixed because it's like saying we got a bunch of people who are holding all the cards and to fix it I want to give the cards back and you're expecting them to give cards back that's never going to happen it's never going to happen okay so I agree with you the system is flawed but to think that somehow Clemson or Utah has got more respect or somehow got treated more favorably than the Cajuns is insanity, in my opinion. Insanity. I, I just, I can't agree with that at all. Um, and, you know, we'll just, again, uh, and we don't have time to get to it. Well, I'm going to say it real quick. I, I think some people might misunderstand. I don't want people to misunderstand, and I think it's possible that they are. I'm not saying the Cajuns got a free pass to a Super Regional. They still got to go to LSU and win. Could they lose at LSU and not get out of the Regional? Of course they could. I think the word easy is is wrong. Like one of the, you know, we I've heard the word easy used, and I might have even used it, or easier even. I think that has a bad connotation to it. It's winnable. It's more winnable. In my opinion, and you can disagree and we can discuss, I think the two most winnable super regional brackets are the 7-10 with the occasions are in and the 5-12 that the Alabama one. I think the 512 Alabama one. I think those are the two most winnable. Doesn't mean you can go to Alabama and win. Doesn't mean you can go to LSU and win. None of it's easy. You gotta you gotta play well. You gotta get the big two out hit, like I've been saying for weeks, or or not allow the big two out hit. And we're fixing to get to this. By the way, this is gonna be don't let Georgia Clark beat you weak. So get ready for that, okay? Oh, for me, it's Taylor Pleasant. Well, don't let Georgia Clark beat you week. That's what we're fixing to get. We'll, we'll get to that tomorrow and, and Wednesday. But, um, but I mean, again, it, it, it's crazy. Doesn't mean it's easy. Just saying, on paper, the most winnable. And if you don't win, then you don't win. I mean, it's what competition is. But to think that they don't have one of the most winnable region, super regionals and they weren't treated favorably, I, I think is way, way, way off base. Two separate issues. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. It's whoever's on the top. All righty. Welcome back to Footnotes. 
Kevin Foote on the game. The game hotline again, 706-0111. We're going to have open phone lines the whole second hour. So if you would like to get in, agree, disagree, whatever you like. Before we do more of that, I do want to – there's another point that I got to make that I I hear a lot of people say, and I think that they're wrong. And one of the things that people try to do is say, well, the committee, because the Cajuns are the two-seed – in the 10 seed, that that means they're like the 21st or 22nd seed in the committee's mind. That is, I don't believe that's correct. I think that's incorrect. I don't think they seed every team 1 to 64. A lot of this is geographical. Like, it's not just coincidence that the Cajuns and McNeese mostly played at Baton Rouge over the years. It's not just coincidence that Texas A&M Texas State and Texas are all in the same regional. It's not coincidence that Tennessee and Louisville and Indiana are all in the same regional. You know, that that stuff, most of this is very regional. It's not coincidence that Marymount and Long Beach and Stunford are all in the same regional. Like Campbell and Charlotte and George Mason and Duke are all in the same. That stuff's not. So don't do that if you if you want to get it correct. Don't try to go far. Oh, that means the Cajuns were seated 20-something. No, that is not what that means. It's The Cajuns haven't gone to Baton Rouge 10 times because the numbers fell that way. They went to Baton Rouge 10 times because it's 50 miles up the road. That's why they went to Baton Rouge 10 times. So don't try to think the committee dropped an 11 seed to the 20. Even Coach Glasgow said that yesterday. But it's not. That's not the way it is. It's most of that is geographical. After you decide who your host sites are. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Hello, sir. Well, Kevin, uh, you know, I, I, and you're all right. No, I just wanted to tell you that you know Dawson's right too. I mean, he it's a it's a bigger picture problem, and I know you know that you know, but uh, and it's not going to change it. It's going it's going to have the, the, the regional aspect to it always, and but like we like we talked about the other day, this is definitely the best path for the Lady Cajuns. It's a hundred percent and. And of course, I understand Dawson's point about you know the bigger picture thing, but hundred percent. Okay, Kevin, as you well know, the debacle that unfolded. Man, I, I, let me just say, well, I could I could sit and listen to Matt Deggs talk baseball. I, I just would love to. I mean, I, no, don't get me wrong; I don't know one one thousandth with that cat knows, but man, just listening to him talking about pitching gives me. Gives me the free songs, as they say. <laughs> it, it, it's such a lost art, and it's such a thing of beauty when a guy, it, it's all about all these analytics and all this baloney and spin rating. And listen, there's no more, like, listen, I think Jay Johnson, and I know the other guy, they they, they brilliant baseball minds, but you just can't tell me when you got a bullpen full of guys who have been struggling to drive. The, the, they've been fighting to drive the struggle bus. I mean, listen, we know this hasn't just been going on the last two weeks. It's been going on. Alabama, they won. We talked about when they beat Alabama, how unsustainable this was. 
they all fight for the front seat of struggle bus. There has to be sometimes you, you, analytics. You know, the left hand that gives the left hand. It's like Blake Money yesterday. The guy was throwing strikes. He got an out and he gave up a hit. And then he comes out there and gets him to come to the left hander. Ackenhausen, who has been struggling and continued to struggle. And I'm just sitting there saying, no, 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 please don't take Blake Money out. The cat is pitching. Just let him pitch. Everybody in the bullpen is struggling. Please don't take him out, and he takes him out. Oh, it, you know, it, look, just, when you when your bullpen is struggling, it is it is tough. And that's why I've said for years, it's all about the bullpen. It's all about the bullpen. I, I developed oh, yeah, that yeah. mentality. Let me, let's, look, let's look at what happened this weekend. You got... I mean, of course, schemes. Man, schemes. Manny, we, we, we only got, got about 10 seconds, Manny. We don't have time to get yeah, into it. Troy, but, no, I, I'm going to be talking LSU guys, next you hour. Lost two games. No, I get you know, it. it. It's open, 100%. Yes. All right. One hour down, another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction once again, a simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. We've had a lot of, it's been intense in this first hour, and that's okay. I mean, got a lot of angry people. I understand, but I don't all agree with all the angry opinions and and. And, and, and trying to put all this together. We began the first hour talking with Matt Deggs. Cajun baseball had a tremendous three-game uh, sweep at home against Texas State. And look, they the game, they did not play well yesterday. But there's nothing wrong. Every once in a while, you get a gift. They got a gift. I mean, they didn't play real well, and Texas State played worst at the wrong times. I mean, the Cajuns walked eight and hit two. Texas State walked eight and hit one, and four of those were with the bases loaded. And the Cajuns' walks just didn't happen to come with the bases loaded. So one team won and the other one doesn't, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's going to happen. Sometimes you get a gift. You got to accept that gift. Got to accept it. A lot of people in the world been given a gift, and they don't accept it. So the Cajuns accepted it yesterday. Um, and they got a sweep which was tremendous. LSU did not happen. And we've been talking about how much of this LSU pitching is a one-year thing and how many of how much of it is, I mean, a one-series thing and how much of it is something that could really bite them down the road, and we'll get into that. But first, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, sir. And Kevin, didn't we talk about early in the week once Alabama lost early in the SEC tournament? Uh, that's where the Cajuns were destined to go. Did we talk about that? Going to Alabama? No, no, no. no. I'm saying when LSU lost early in the Southeastern tournament 
we talked about once they lost that, that's where the Cajuns were going to be going to. I'm confused. Okay. When LSU softball lost to Oh, to Baton Rouge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I kind of already figured that was going to happen. I don't know what the whole uh, hubbub is about. I mean, people don't get that. They never will. But, Kevin, I want to talk specifically about what Sam Landry did Saturday. Now, that's something I know you, you know, you, this, the, the regional thing right now is the big poke, but let's go to that. You know, that, that girl has finally arrived, Kevin. You know, when two years, when she was recruited, she was the number one pitcher coming out of the whole class, uh, the whole freshman class coming out that year. And she could have gone anywhere she wanted. Everybody knows that. And I was always felt sometimes Jerry was always protecting her. At times, when things will get rough, you pull her out before he would let her get her way out of it. Well, she definitely has she has talent uh, beyond talent at pitching. And if that girl continues to get it together like that, Kevin, she's going to be a dominant force. She could be a dominant force for the rest of this postseason and the next two years to come. Well, I hope you're right, and, and but I, I'm not there yet. I, you know. Again, I, I, I fear that she was Bob Gibson in 1968 in that tournament. The entire regional was close. Everyone pitched well in that regional. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy about how great she pitched, and she did pitch great. But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I hope uh, that what you're saying as far as her career trajectory is accurate and that I think by I think next year she'll be more mature. It'll be her third year, and I expect her to have a great year next year. I, I don't know that I'm ready. I'm convinced that she's going to go and, 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 you know, be like Brooke Mitchell or Jordan Wallace in a regional here. I, I, I'm not convinced of that just yet. Well, I'll tell you this. It has to be like that for us to get to Oklahoma City. No, it doesn't. Tell you that. Oh, Oklahoma City, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, I don't. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm just telling you, she's not that dominant pitcher because look, I mean, Sherman and, and Lamb, they're good too. I'm not saying they're not good, but they're not. They, I think their ceiling is where it's at with with those two ladies. I, the ceiling's not there for Sam, and if Sam reaches that ceiling, that's going to be what's going to get us there. I, mean, I think. I mean, I know we can hit good. We might get some two out hits. You know, we might do what we need to sneak by. But for us to get there, we need her. We're going to have to ride her to get there. It it all, it all, the thing, in my opinion, my my opinion to feel with Sam is this, all about the umpire. If if she has an umpire that gives her inches off the plate, inside and or off the plate, then she's going to be real effective. If she doesn't, I, I don't see it. Okay, I'll see your point, Kevin. But another thing we're talking about, talking about all this thing with the regional. You know the team that really got hurt with it? Well, this team is always going to be hurt is LSU. There's no other team like the Cajuns anywhere in the country in softball. No other team. So all these big states, you know, all these big universities, Power 5 universities, all these states, they do not have a, Cajun, a team like the Cajuns nearby that's not going to get the respect, or the respect to get a regional, and they're going to have that team sent to them all the time. Maybe Texas, uh, uh, you know, Texas State is kind of far that, but they don't have. They never been to the college where it's as much as the Cajuns. So LSU's always going to have the disadvantage where they're at because of the Cajuns, and that's just the way it is. Because you do not go to one university ten times uh, in, a, in a regional. It, I mean, I'm pretty sure that it hasn't happened anywhere else in the country. And for us to have beaten them three times, I'm pretty sure that hasn't happened. 
LSU is at a complete disadvantage because of where they're at in in, in the softball world. I can I can see that argument. I, I don't. I think the. You know, I, I think in terms of what's going on right now, I think the thing that probably if I – and again, I don't know Beth Torino well at all. I've interviewed her, you know, a handful of times. It's a cordial professional relationship. I don't know anything about it, okay? I've never had a an off-the-record conversation with her. So I don't know her very well, even though I've known her for years because she used to coach FIU in the Sun Belt. But, but from my perception – the reason why she probably hates playing the Cajuns is because it's going to anger the LSU boosters more if they lost to the Cajuns than if they lost to, you know, Indiana or pick some school outside of the, the region. And, and she's a little bit on the hot seat right now from what if you believe some of the rumors. So uh, I, I think it's more of what the reaction would be, I, you know, I – are the Cajuns head and shoulders above other teams that are, you know, in the top 25? I don't know that they're head and shoulders above them. So I don't know that it's that bad of a draw, but I think the perception of it is that bad, yes. Torino ain't going nowhere, guys. She got, she got the number one pitcher coming out uh, uh, in her freshman class coming next year, and if uh, they happen to fire her, and uh, that pitcher might go somewhere else. So uh, she, no matter where she goes, she's going to be back next year. I'll have a good day. All right, take care. And look, I'm I, I um, I hope FedEx Man is right about Sam Landry. I think Sam Landry is very talented. I I think she I expect her to be pretty dominant before she leaves here. But I'm just saying when I when I ju- I just watched a Sunbelt Conference tournament where every pitcher pitched well. <laughs> Now, not every one of them threw a one-hitter with 11 strikeouts. But every pitcher, every no one scored more than four runs in any game. And so, I don't, I, I don't know that I'm ready to say, well, that's the pitcher she is. And so, she's going to be able to go out and Jordan Wallace LSU in a regional. I, I'm not quite ready to say that yet. Not 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 quite ready to say that. I hope, I hope, I hope next week, you know, FedEx man calls and said, "See, I told you." I'm gonna say well, you were right, you were right. But I I wouldn't go quite there just yet, is what I'm saying. So we'll see. Now again, I really think the umpire is very important in that deal. I, I you know I think at times this year Sam's confidence seemingly has wavered, and it's a lot of that is because. Um, you know, when when she feels like she's getting squeezed a little bit, and Megan has had the same issue a few times. It seems getting feels like you're getting squeezed a little bit, and then you kind of don't handle that as well, and really trust your stuff. And so, who the umpire is, and the kind of umpire that they are, I think it's going to be real important. Uh, not just when Sam pitches, but Megan as well. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Did you – Did you? I went to the – I was at the UL game on Friday night. Did, did, were you at the game or did you – were you able to watch it on uh, ESPN Plus? Baseball or softball? Softball, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was at the game, yes. Does it look like they, were, they, were, they weren't calling it off the plate a couple of inches? I couldn't really I, – I couldn't really tell. I thought they were given 
you know, way too much on the inside corner to both pitchers, I thought. Okay, because it looked like some balls were right over the plate. Of course, I, I don't watch enough games live, and I can't really tell from the stands. It looked like you were hitting uh, the outside corner on the left hand, and then they just weren't caught. Well, I think I some of that happened, but I thought they gave way too many strikes on right-handed hitters on balls that were were too inside. They weren't really over the plate. So I, I, I think on one side they were getting them wrong, and on the other side they were getting them wrong. <laughs> Both ways. So, in, in, in your opinion, I mean, should they give should they give a one ball outside on each side? In your opinion, I'm o- I'm okay. Again, the old statement is, if as long as you do it consistently, it's consi- but I, I think we overrate how easy that is to do. Like, how do you consistently get it wrong and you can be consistent? It's kind of like once you start telling a lie, it's hard to know what the truth is. So, if you're given, if you're calling ball strikes. How do you do that consistently? I think that's a tough chore. But but the old cliche response is, as long as it's fair for both teams, yeah. The problem with that is, I don't consider strike one all off the plate the same as strike three off the plate. To me, those are not dis- – that's not that's apples and oranges. Yeah, um, ben, ben McDonald going to SEC baseball, he claims college baseball or SEC – Umpires, they get they get graded. So he claims they're not calling anything outside strike zone at all. But he says they have a major league strike zone, and it should be a major league strike zone because they're not major league pitchers. But that's Ben McDonald's opinion, so I don't know if that's true. Well, and you know, Ben Ben is you know heavy. He does a lot of Baltimore Oriole games. He does a lot of College yeah. World Series games. So I think he's got some experience in, with those two levels on a yearly basis that most of us don't have. So I, I make I can buy that. Yeah. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. No, a lot of people say, "Well, what what uh, he we got the call. Yeah, that pitch was off the plate, but they've been calling that. Well, again, if you call a pitch off the plate for strike one, that's not the same animal as calling a pitch off the plate for strike three, and you're out. And so I I just think the whole consistency thing is a lot harder to achieve than what people say. I actually had a conversation in the UL baseball press box, and you were at softball, so you weren't there. But um, we we were talking about. And I was saying, like, it's amazing to me how great Major League umpires are. And then, you know, a lot of people complain because it's easy to complain when anything's wrong. But, like, and you look at – and they'll show you – they'll release the grading charts on Major League umpires, and they're, like, 98.4% on balls and strikes. I mean, it's crazy. I don't believe that, though. Well, <laughs> I, I, I believe it. I see it every game. I mean, when they miss a call, it is fractional and it is marginal. I mean, you just don't – I think it's – and I – in my opinion, when you watch college baseball, you see a ton of missed calls, and you realize it makes me have a more of appreciation for how good the major league umpires are. Oh, I don't doubt that they're good, but it's unbelievable how many calls they miss on the base. Like th- those percentages spe- are skewed I'm because eighty percent of the calls are a hundred percent calls. Yeah, well, I'm strictly speaking balls and strikes. Right, I got you. Yeah. Miss a lot of plays on the like again. I I just don't buy the percentages. Because, like I said, and I'm just throwing out numbers. I think 80% or 90% of the calls they make are 100% calls, and that skews their percentage of getting right. I think it. I think it's a lot closer to 50-50 on the bang bang plays that they get right. Now, maybe it's 60-40, 70. I, I'd be surprised if. I mean, they miss a lot of them.
You know what I still can't get over? This is just a random thought to just because it's from the, difficult from the conversation, but. Armando Galarraga's Gal- perfect game that was taken away by that egregious blown call. How did the home plate umpire not go over and, and do, let's do one of our little meetings and get that call right at yeah. that time? Like, that still, to me, blows my mind. NFC Championship game. You got it. It's the league's responsibility to have a fail safe. You have to have a fail safe. And to Major League Baseball's credit, since then, that wouldn't happen today. But right. That's still just such a, such a sad thing for that guy. It's awful. No question. We'll take a timeout. Be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because... I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Hotline is 706-0111, If you would like to get in, you could agree with me. You could disagree with me. That's okay. It's all good. It is, um, it is, uh, that's why we have Sports Talk Radio. It's perfectly fine to disagree. Of course, you know, I enjoy when people agree with me, especially when my opinion is not like gonna about to win the popular vote, which happens fairly often, that's okay. But uh, we got lots to talk about, obviously, on a Monday. We haven't even gotten to the NBA playoffs. Um, not surprised at all. I, I I didn't think the Sixers had enough intestinal fortitude to to um borrow an old wrestling, Mid-South wrestling term, intestinal fortitude, the Sixers just don't have it. They just don't have any intestinal fortitude because they're built with, you know, people that just lack intestinal fortitude, obviously. So uh, I, I did not think, you know, I thought the re, the minute they blew game six, they were going to, it was going to be a choke job in game seven, like is them and and. I thought that the Heat would beat the Knicks, and and that kind of played out like we thought as well. Fortunately, the Lakers, in my opinion, I know a lot of you disagree with me, and that's fine. Glad that the Lakers um, exterminated the Warriors, and so now they're going to play the I would be perfectly fine. I'm not a big fan of the Heat because I think the Miami Pro Sports fan, whether it's the Marlins or the Heat, they've gotten, they haven't paid enough dues. So I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of against them. Like they, they've won way, they've had way too much success and haven't played nearly enough dues, um, you know. And so I'm kind of against the fan there, but um, but uh, I don't really hate this Heat team, and so uh, I'm fine. Whoever wins it all or makes the finals, other than obviously the Celtics. So I mean, the stupid Sixers. What a waste. All right, so. Obviously, we uh talking a lot about college softball today with the brackets released yesterday, and we should be. I did want to mention LSU, and at the top of the last hour, Manny, huge, lifelong LSU baseball fan, um, 
been going to games since you know a lot way before a lot of LSU fans or people before college baseball started. So uh, started getting real popular, I should say. He called and was very upset. Look, it's not good. Uh, obviously, when Paul Skeen pitches, it goes really well. Uh, in game two, Ty Floyd pitched great. Now that was the good thing that happened over the weekend. Ty Floyd, six innings, five hits, one run. A uh, bunch of strikeouts. I mean, he pitched great. But again, like I complain about in today's era of pitching, six-inning pitcher. Six-inning pitches only help you so much. Because what happened in the last three innings? Well, the bullpen gave up eight runs, seven hits, two walks, struck out five in those last three innings. Then on Sunday... The starting pitcher, Coleman, who started the game against the Cajuns, he pitched two innings, didn't give up a hit, but he walked three, struck out five, but he only went two innings. Two-inning pitcher. So the game went 10, so the bullpen pitched eight innings, gave up 16 hits, seven walks, 13 runs all earned and struck out seven. Complete disaster. And so, it, you know, I just don't know how it's going to play out. We talked about how sustainable is this approach to baseball. You know, again, if this was the Astros, I would not be happy. I would not be happy. This is a different level. The competition is different than the major leagues. So they, they they have so many good hitters, they might be able to get away with this. But, you know, Manny keeps saying, how sustainable is this? And I, I just, I don't know how sustainable this is. We'll see. Again, I think they can come. I mean, I, I, I still think, I would be very surprised if they don't win a region. In a super regional, I still think LSU's got a great chance of winning, even with this being "quote unquote" non-sustainable. Depending on the kind of teams that they face, and to our conversation about an hour or a little over an hour ago with Coach Dex, I think some of this goes. There are obviously more teams in the country that can pitch, other than like the Sun Belt Conference. But the issue with comparing the Cajun pitching staff with Everybody else's pitching staff in the Sun Belt is just probably a lot of hit, a lot of similarities with with that in overall college baseball. I mean, LSU is not the only team in the country that struggles to find pitchers who can pitch. Now, there are certain programs like we've mentioned, Wake Forest and a couple others who can really, really pitch. But there's also a lot of really top ten, top two, fifteen teams that they don't really pitch that great either. Like they can really just hit, and so. They, yeah. If you face one of those teams, and you love LSU's chances in a super reach. Yeah, and while we're on the topic of, of top teams, and and I won't be, I'm not upset about it in, at all in any way. And I know we've talked about how kind of silly sometimes rankings are, but D1 baseball is, you know, who I think is the most reliable for college baseball rankings. And they still have Coastal at number eight. And like Southern Miss is ranked 23rd. And it's like, you know, for us, again, I get it too. They, they can't watch every game in the Sun Belt, they can't watch every game overall. But, like, Southern Miss is unequivocally a better team than Coastal is to me right now. And has, you know, kind of resume-wise, I guess Coastal's got a couple big non-conference wins early on. But, like, 
the fact that they're still ranked eighth, still national seed ranked in the in the minds of D1 baseball, when again, we've seen them play both in person and on TV some in the last couple of weeks, like Coastal's not playing that well. I mean, they beat South Alabama. They swept them this weekend, but they, they again, it was kind of LSU style. They gave up a million runs in every game, and they just outscored them. So some of that stuff's interesting to see as well, and I just think Southern Miss coming down the stretch, I mean, you know, the Cajuns have a great opportunity to go there, but that's a team that's just playing as good as really anybody is right now, and they can pitch contrary to most of the conference. I agree with everything you said except for the underlying premise I, th- I still think some people think rankings matter. They matter as much as what I ate for breakfast today. Okay. Which, by the way, is three pancakes. But um, it, they really don't matter. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm as critical of the whole process as anyone in college athletics, and in some case, more critical than most. But I don't know that rankings should matter. Like, like yesterday... Um, Coach Glasgow mentioned that people, you know, a lot of people were deceived because D1 softball and extra inning softball and Baseball America projected the Cajuns as a 14, 15, or 16 seed. But really, those people, I mean, they're completely detached from the process. And I would also add in that softball selection committee and the criteria and everything like that has way less science behind it than basketball, where some of your projections are pretty spot on because there's like 30 years of data and the basketball committees kind of share what they're looking for and the quad one and all that stuff. So I think, and they have a whole ranking system to themselves, the net. So I think in basketball, a lot of your projections, like again, we, we pretty much knew the Cajuns in basketball were going to be a 13 seed. And we, it was those two lines, and it was what we expected it to be. Softball and baseball, you always get these kind of off-the-wall, like this team, the committee loves this team. Like last year, Oklahoma in baseball, everybody thought Oklahoma was going to be a host. They weren't. So there's always a few of those that are really weird in baseball and softball. And I think it's just because there's not as much, you know, there's in basketball there's 45 different publications putting out projections, so there's more yes. data. That's fair. All right, so we'll see, um, you know, the Cajuns. You know how I always say it's not who you play, it's when you play them. Opening up conference play with Southern Miss, not the same animal as closing play with Southern Miss. <laughs> Some no conference play with Southern Miss. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. And that, again, I say a lot of things, but that is just one of the things that we say all the time on this show in terms of schedules and all that, that – I don't think enough people fully grasp and, and 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 just, you know, it's one of those things you hear it and you nod your head, yeah, okay, maybe so. But I don't know that we really, I mean, it, it really is the case. And, again, it's that is not a matter of fairness. That's just more good fortune, luck. I mean, it you know, I don't know what went into UL finishing its season with Southern Miss. Other maybe it was more than the luck of the draw. I don't. I don't know exactly how that works. But and I'm not saying it's even unfair because it's not. I'm just saying if they had, for whatever reason, played Southern Miss in like week two of weekend two of Sun Belt Conference play, it would not have been nearly the challenge that it is playing them now when they've answered a lot of their questions and they're on a roll. And um, I brought it up 
because we mentioned it on Friday. I wrote a column about it last um, Thursday or Friday, and we talked about it on the show, I mean, with Coach Deggs earlier. It is amazing how we are, and it's true. We're all – I'm not blaming anyone. I do the same thing all the time. We get so focused in on our team, whether it's LSU or UL or the Saints or, in my case, the Astros – where sometimes we forget that other people have the same problems you do. I mean, it does my heart good when I when I see other teams make the same mistakes like the Saints make in football during the NFL season. Because, again, it's so easy to trick yourself. You're the only, like, I'm sure there are LSU, there are LSU fans who just focused on LSU. I don't blame them. That's just, that's you know, the way a lot of us are, uh, that – they probably feel like other pe- a lot. They probably don't realize how many other people have the same problems LSU has. That their bullpen is just not very good, um, and so no, that that really that point really got hit home over the weekend. Because I thought Texas State was pretty good, but I mean, their pitching did not do well. I mean, they were really good last year. Like they should have been in the World Series last year. I think they were that good. But they blew it. That was kind of – they should have won, I thought. But their pitching didn't look good at all. I mean, their pitchers yesterday were – now, their starting pitcher yesterday did fine. But, again, they still walked eight and hit one. Not good. And the Cajuns, by the way, they left – Texas State left 15 on. Wow. We'll talk about a Houdini act. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, discuss softball. I mean, I'm sure we'll be doing that most of the week. Sounds like. Uh, and the next, the, 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 the issue that I brought up, uh, side issue that I brought up, that we're going to talk about more later in the week is not one that Dawson and I fundamentally disagree on because I think Taylor Pleasance is impressive as well. But um, I don't know. It's see- Georgia Clark just seems like the she's the two-out hit master to me. seems like she's the one that's going to hit it where they ain't with two outs. Uh, I don't know. I just, and um, I mean, I haven't really been observing their lineups of late, but if Georgia Clark is hitting right behind Taylor, then I would much rather 
trust my chances against whoever's hitting behind Georgia Clark than I would trust my chances who's hitting behind Taylor if the answer to that is yeah. Georgia Clark. So I think our plan will have to be when Georgia Clark's up, you close your eyes, I'll tell you how it goes, and when Pleasance <laughs> is up, I'll close my eyes and you tell oh, me how it goes. Those hitters that – I don't know. It's just like, oh, no. It's like Jose Abreu used to be when he was with the White Sox. I felt that way. I don't want this guy up with runner on second and two outs, but right now it hadn't been a problem for the Astros' opponents <laughs> so far this year. Speaking of the Astros, nice victory over a series victory over the weekend. They got they got two top twenty five road wins. The Astros over the weekend, top twenty five road wins. And the Blue Jays got three top 25, but they played at home. Well, sometimes you're going to win home conference games, Cat. They swept the Braves. The Braves are really good. Sometimes you just win because you're at home. I know I'm speaking way over the head of anyone who's ever been on the NCAA committee, but let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Floyd. Howdy, sir. What's going on, brother? Oh, man. Big weekend. React. Yeah. Listen, man. They, the NCAA regionals, everybody talks about location. I'm so pissed right now because I want to pull for LSU and UL. Four out of six years, they send them to LSU's regional, and they're talking about location. Okay, why UL couldn't go to Arkansas? They sent McNeese to Washington. I mean, come on, Kat. You know, I know they like the drama with LSU and UL. Thank you. But, I mean... Why are they scared that three Louisiana teams could possibly get to super regionals? I mean, this is ridiculous. That that is the other side of that point. Look, I get you know a lot of us get tired of the whole LSU UL drama. Although it's it's you know it's real and it's you know the atmospheres are tremendous when they played there. I'm not arguing that, but I'm like you. Look, I think sending McNeese to Asia I thought was unfair because they already beat them. Um, you know, to say, well, you have to prove it. Well, you know, why shouldn't Washington have to? You know, I just, I don't like that. But, well, but I mean, Kevin, so UL had, what, a nine RPI before the Sunbelt tournament? Yeah, they and it's 11. Rough shot through it. They went 3 and 0. And granted, you know, they barely won a couple of games. But, uh, I mean, you go undefeated in your, in your Sunbelt championship. So your RPI would drop. I mean, this is the first time a top 11 RPI has never hosted. Come on, man. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it dropped to eleven. I, I, I don't know. Look, and I didn't trud I didn't study Stunford enough, but Stunford had a three RPI, and they have to travel for a super regional if they win their regional. They got put as the nine thing. So why did they drop that four? I, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and Alabama, yeah. I don't know why Alabama's fifth. I, I, I you know, top twenty five because they won a bunch of home games. <laughs> well, Alabama was the five seed in the SEC. And yet they get an overall five seed. Yeah. Come on, and and, and Auburn, uh, Auburn came out what third in the SEC, and Auburn has to travel to Clemson. Cat, why is Alabama hosting? Because it's it's Bama privilege. I mean, it's like that in every sport. I know you might not necessarily agree with the conspiracy, but come on, man, Auburn a three, Bama a five in the SEC tournament, but yet Bama's go host and Auburn has to travel. Arkansas's right there. Send Louisiana to Arkansas. Enough said. All right, sir. I appreciate the call. Right. Thank you. Right. Um, 
personally and competitively, would you rather go to LSU or Arkansas? Personally, I'd rather go, for me, I'd rather go to LSU. Look, again, I'm talking just purely personal. One, it's closer. Two, when I went to Ole Miss, was treated horribly. It was awful. Awful experience. Went to Oklahoma for a Super Regional. Treated horrible. Awful experience. And, and Oklahoma, the big, bad Oklahoma, got all the money, getting rained on. They got Power 5 didn't help me then. Went to Ole Miss. No, no cover. Sitting outside with a computer that stopped working because it was so hot. The computer said, Cat, it's too hot. I can't work when it's this hot. Literally, my computer stopped working. I didn't have function of my computer because it was so hot. It was miserable. Miserable experience. You know, went to Florida State. That football, it's a different sport. That was the worst trip I've ever taken. I'm, I hope I never have to go back to Tallahassee. And then went to Iowa State. That was terrible. I mean, it was great that the Cages won, but the tree. But when I go to LSU, you know, they, you, you, we are subhuman beings, sports riders. Like, we don't get to go in the main press box. I get that. But at least LSU normally puts a cover over you where – you know, you could actually do a job without your comp- getting rained, your computer rained on, or or so burned up. You know, with with the heat. So normally, I, I appreciate that you get treated like a you know reasonable person uh, at LSU. So from pure my, my personal standpoint, I don't have a problem with that. From a legit now, I know y'all don't care about all that because y'all aren't sports writers. I get that, but um, I'd rather go to LSU. So I've never been to Arkansas. So I don't really know what it would be like. Obviously, the travel would be more. But, no, I, I think Craig brings up a point that it'd be nice to see how you uh, – of course, last year was the case. Last year that happened. McNeese went north, the Cajuns went east, and LSU was at home. So it's not every year that they do it. But uh, it is a lot of the years, to his point. That's four times in the last six years, ten times in the last, what, 25 years or so. Uh, and and to FedEx man's point, he mentioned it. Uh, the Cajuns are, are three and six in those regionals, and I think they should be better than three and six. I mean, uh, you know, at some point you have to just win. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think this is one of LSU's best teams. Um, I think the Cajuns need to go win in Baton Rouge now because I say it's a it's the a more winnable path that does not mean they're gonna I'm just hundred that I'm ready to go out and put a bunch of money they're gonna win. You still gotta beat a good team. I'm not saying LSU's not good. They're gonna have a tough time beating them. They're gonna need to beat them, but they need to beat them because it's winnable. They they weren't given a an insurmountable task is my point. They were given as winnable a path as anybody in their situation in the country, in the whole bracket. So you just got to take advantage of it. That's what you got to do. You got to win. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Still got time for one call if you would like to get in. Look, we it's been uh, – look, there are a lot of angry people last night, a lot of disappointing people. 
uh, with the bracket show was released last night about six o'clock or a little out. It started at six. I don't know. Was it about six twenty-five or I don't know, something like that when the Cajuns found out? Um, uh, I heard Raymond say it, and and Coach Glasgow said it when when when, and I was sitting up in the press box at Lamson with Dan McDonald, and the minute they showed Alabama's the five seed, I think a lot of us go, "Oh, RPI ain't mattering this year." Of course, again, it it did. That's not a fair statement because it did matter for some this year, didn't matter for others. I mean, again, can you imagine? No, um, it's just a um, it's a it's a a lot of people are discussing. So certainly there's a those are kind of the fun topics of sports talk radio when there's a lot of opinions on both sides. And so, you know, we'll be discussing it all week, but there's going to come a time. And for Coach Glasgow, that's whenever they show up for practice today, you can boot a all you want. You can. You know, curse the committee all you want. You can send out negative tweets all you want. But when it's time to play, when it, you know, none of that matters anymore at that point. You got to be able to execute. You got to be able to go at some point, all the debate about what's fair and not fair and all that has is going to have to end. And now for players, it does. I mean, for co- fans, it doesn't. You could, I'm sure it's going to be discussed throughout the weekend, but at some point, I would think it's safe. It's the best thing for all of us to once the regional starts, you you you, you got to turn your focus and try to do your play whatever role that you play to help your team win the regional. You know, we say it all the time. I don't know if it happens as often as that players and coaches say it, but the belief is out there certainly that fans can impact a game. I've believed in different sports that fans can impact officiating. Um, you know, we'll see how all that plays out. But at some point, they're going to have to just go play. And, I, you know, I tried to make the point about an hour ago. I think, I think when we use the words, and I've used them too, as I said, easy or easier, I think that can be misinterpreted. I think I think the best way to do it is win, winnable or more winnable. Um, because is it losable for the Cajuns to go to Baton Rouge? Of course it is. I mean, no question. LSU probably wins the vast majority. I don't know what the stats are. The vast majority of their games at home. Most good teams do. That's why you shouldn't get as much credit for winning home games in conference play. Like I mentioned and I've been screaming for years. You get Teams get way too much credit for winning home games in conference play. Way too much credit across this country. They need to, they need to figure that out for any of you who might have missed the first hour. Uh, that was, you know, that I, I still think that's the thing that the NCAA gets most wrong. They overrate home conference victories. But um, got to play. So we'll see what happens. Cajuns need to win. Look, I'm not a big fan. Some people don't think it's important. I'm not a big fan of going to Asia. I think if you go two time zones away and the Astros disprove that all the time, and I get that the Astros are the exception, but I, I don't I don't think 
two time zones away. I mean, I think if you ask or two or three times, I don't think that's a recipe for success. So do I like the fact? The only thing I don't like about the Cajuns path is that if they win more than likely, they're going to go to Asia. Now, with that said, I think there's more than one or two Cajun fans who have said, man, wouldn't it be cool if McNeese won? Um, it'd be interesting. Now, who's the two seed there? I forget again. That's Minnesota. So that would be my next question. Now, traditionally, the higher seed, I think the way it works is that the higher seeded regional, if you're the same seed, so if the two seed Minnesota would win, I think Minnesota would host. Well, a lot of it has to do with hostability. I I guess partly, but I've always heard if it's, if it's even playing fields or whatever, the, so the higher seeded regional, which would be in the seven seed Washington, if the two seeds are the same, then then that team would host. So I don't know. We'll see. We'd have to get some clarification. Again, that's if the Cajuns win and if... If the Cajuns win, they're going to be real big McNeese fans. Yes. Not to say, you know, obviously the Cajuns have beaten McNeese three times. It's just, you know, I would think the Cajuns would host in that scenario. But um, just hostability for hostability reasons. But, um, you know, that's a that's a long shot. Again, I, I think McNeese getting sent where they are going was was a slap in the face to McNeese. I, 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 didn't, I didn't approve of that. Um, of course, they don't ask me. They don't ask any of us. We all learned that <laughs> this weekend. What, we got another reminder. Our opinions do not matter. It's just that's part of the process of being a fan and, Sports Talk Radio to just to discuss all of this stuff. So we're going to discuss it, but we understand that they don't care about our opinions and they do not matter. We 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 we, we certainly get that. All right, enjoy the debate all day. Y'all have a nice one.